High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on this beautiful Sunday morning? Amen. What a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Who's excited to hear from God today for your life? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to have a fantastic time. Uh, we're going to be dedicating a couple of little guys today to the Lord, a couple of babies, and uh, and it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful service. Amen. We're going to start off like we always do, by speaking some words of faith over the United States. So let's stand up together today, praise God, and we are going to speak. United States because we do believe that America's coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like we will speak faith amen so let's say this together father we come to you in Jesus name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America we declare that righteousness mercy justice and judgment from you shall prevail We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. 
we push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. All right. Well, we always like to take a couple of minutes and make sure everybody gets greeted. Everybody feels a little love. So we're going to take a few minutes here today for some meet and greet time. Go shake some hands. Give some hugs. Don't give any kisses, but, you know, just do the rest. Amen. Praise God. Let's rock and roll.
some excitement in the house today. It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. King David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. And so we are glad to be in the house of the Lord. All right. Well, you can be seated this morning. Pastor Katie's going to uh, give us our Sunday morning announcements. We got a lot going on with Harvest Fest and everything. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to church. Uh, you can be seated in case no one told you that yet. Um most important announcement that I can make today is that on the front row with us is Hosea Abraham samples for the first time. Woo-hoo! So Pastor Josh and Julie had a healthy baby boy on Wednesday the 14th, eight pounds, 10 ounces and 20 inches long with a whole lot of hair. So you are welcome to go and see him. No, you can't hold him yet. I mean, maybe Julie will offer, but I'm probably telling you not yet. Okay. Anyway, praise the Lord. We like to guard our babies. Harvest Fest is coming. I love Harvest Fest. Uh, and I know you love Harvest Fest. Here's the deal. We've got some fundraisers going on, but we also haven't talked a whole lot about offering. And fundraisers are cool, but it's not the same as sowing seed. So I'm glad for you to go buy a bunch of donuts today and buy your tickets for the spaghetti dinner at the table in front of the bookstore. You can totally do that. It'll be really great food because Krispy Kreme's wonderful and any other type of carbs like spaghetti, also wonderful, also good. Um, and it's cheaper than going to McDonald's these days. So the spaghetti dinner is coming, but I want to tell you that if you would like to give into Harvest Fest at offering, all you have to do is write on the top of your envelope, HF or Harvest Fest, and you can sow seed into that. A lot of times, uh, families will sow seed for their family members, for their neighbors. And not that that money has anything to do with getting your neighbor saved, but what it is, is planting seed to gather in a harvest. So you're hooking up with what Harvest Fest is about. And what Harvest Fest is about is getting our community together to show them the love of God, to show them what it's like to be a victorious in Christ Christian, that it isn't just about, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, he died and rose again. But it's about this life here that he has for you that's so much better than what you could imagine or dream and that he wants you to be victorious. And when we can show that off to our city, it changes our city. So I want for, yes, it changes our city. It's our part of the Barstow Faith Confession. So when you sow into the offering, you're hooking your faith up with that, that you're a part of what we're doing in our city. And that money then goes to blessing those families and blessing people. They use it for candy bags, for flyers, for the bounce houses, for and all those things, those checks are prayed over when they write those checks out. So that money going out is prayed over and anointed so that when we start that event, they're walking into the presence of God that will change their lives forever. So if you are wanting to sow seed, you go for that offering today, okay? And 
don't forget to stop by the table if you just want to, you know, fill the belly with some spaghetti and donuts. That'd be good too. Okay. Um, also, uh, Heavenly Beauty Salon is offering manicures and pedicures for $25, uh, for the month of September. And half of all those proceeds will go to Harvest Fest. And you can't see today, but thank you, honey, for, well, thank you, honey, and Sabrina for my pedicure this week. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, also, we're bringing in uh, candy for the candy competition for Harvest Fest. And some of you keep walking past the children's bin and telling me how full the children's bin is. Listen, the youth chocolate got put in the fridge and chocolate is heavier than your Tootsie Rolls, okay? So I'm just letting you know, talking to a little trash for you, the youth group is in it to win it this year, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots and lots of candy. They're doing 1,500 candy bags. That's the most candy bags we've done in like five years. So it's a big deal. And they all get prayed over and they are all safe. You know, there's no crazy stuff mixed in. So awesome candy to bless all these kids with along with Jesus all wrapped inside there. So it's a great, great opportunity. Um, Honduras. Was anyone excited about our missionaries to Honduras? Anybody want to go to Honduras? Woo! Okay, so at this church, here's what's a little bit crazy. We believe that when we, okay, it's not crazy that we believe this, but anyway, uh, we believe that when we help others reach their part of the world, that Jesus will help us reach our part of the world. And the cool part is we get to help fund that all the time. And we have had opportunities to go elsewhere and help put our hands to helping them. But we haven't gotten to do that in several years between COVID and everything else. And the last time we did it, pastor got stuck in Peru. (laughs) So we were working it out. But he's back, he's safe, and he's willing to go to Honduras. So, So anyway, in June of 23, we are going to Honduras as a church family. So you're welcome to hook up with that. We'll have more information coming. But I want to give you some dates so that you can start working on those days off. Because we'll believe God with you for the funds. And we'll work together to raise the funds. And God will supply the funds. Okay? So here are the dates. June 15th through the 21st of 23. June 15th through the 21st of 23. Three, and we'll have more information coming about that. It's looking that the cost of that trip will be about $1,500 a person, and that covers everything except for your food in the airport and souvenirs and such like that. But it covers food while you're there, um, lodging and transportation and all of that. So last but certainly not least, if you are with us for the first time, your first time in this building or the first time in a really long time, can you wave at me? First time here, first time in a long time. Okay, I'm not going to like put you on blast, but I totally know who you are. So Melissa here in the flowers is coming. She's very nice and she doesn't bite. And uh, she has some information for you about the church. And if you will take that information back to the information booth, because we love information. If you would stop by the information booth on your way out of here, we have a gift that we'd like to bless you with. Thank you for being with us today. We love you, and we're so, so glad that you're here and a part of us today. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Well, as I said earlier, today is a special day uh, for a few reasons. Uh, for one, we're going to be dedicating Jesus and Destiny's two little boys, all right? Zeus and Kai. So we're going to do that. And also, we're going to be praying for Destiny here in a little bit. She is dedicating her boys to the Lord today, and she's leaving tonight for Army basic training in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. So... <laughs> So what a day. Uh, I mean, right after service, she's going to get on the road. So uh, we want to we're going to lay hands on her as a church family and, and believe for God's protection and blessing over her life in this new chapter. So it's a really big deal to us. But right now we want to do our baby dedication. So if I could have uh, Jesus and Destiny and all of the family involved, if you could come up, uh, we're going to do this together this morning. All right. So go ahead, family, and uh, come on up and bring the boys with you. Amen. Let's hear it for this wonderful family today. There's a lot of you, so we'll just probably have you like line up from here on over. How's that sound? Can we do that? Amen. Oh, man, this is one of our favorite things is, uh, is seeing a, a young family take their faith seriously and uh and uh and dedicate and, and make a commitment to raise their children in the ways of god it's beautiful amen all right you just do what you got to do guys you just come on here we'll figure this out <laughs> we love it yeah you squeeze on in together there all right praise god maybe can i have an usher move the pulpit for me i think that would probably be a good idea all right amen let's hear it for this family one more time today All right. Well, again, uh, we're excited about these two little guys and uh, and for the new chapter for Destiny. And it's a bittersweet for us in that regard. But uh, we are so happy and so proud of this young family. And, and really what we're doing is celebrating one of the happiest occasions that any church family anywhere can celebrate as we dedicate two awesome young men to the Lord. And I want to remind us as a church and as a family up here that this isn't just some tradition or some formality uh, that we do, but it, it is a serious moment in the lives of the parents, uh, the children, and as we'll see here soon, all of us as a church family, because we're all committed uh, to being a blessing and, uh, and helping them uh, with these two little guys. Now, whether we realize it yet or not, uh, and I'm sure you do. God already has really good plans for these two young men. And we don't know exactly what those are. I mean, we, we don't know uh, what, what they're going to be as a, a career and a profession or a calling when they grow up. But we do know this much, that they are really good plans that God has for them. Really, really good plans. And uh, I want to share a verse from uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. That the prophet Jeremiah, uh, the Lord spoke this to him. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And so some people are like, well, when, when does life begin? Uh, well, according to God Almighty, He knew you and had plans for you before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb. And so that's when life begins, way before you even know it. And, and, and the Lord told Jeremiah, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, notice that, that God said, I knew you before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb. And so, yes, God does know us before we've ever even been conceived. And Jeremiah isn't the only uh, person that the Lord had plans for and that appointed. Uh, God has a calling and a plan and a purpose 
for Zeus and Kai too. And it's our job to help them reach that calling, right? That's our job to help them with that. Now, we understand this much that as we dedicate them today, uh, that this is not their salvation moment. This is not their, uh, their salvation experience. Uh, we know that they're going to come to a point in their lives when they get older where they're going to have to make that choice for themselves. They are going to have to call on the name of the Lord just like, just like you guys did and, and make that decision to follow Jesus. And, uh, and we know though that with that in mind, it's very important that we do our absolute best as parents, as a family, as a church family, to help point these guys in the right direction and teach them the ways of God so they'll make the right choice when it's their time. Really well-known Bible verse that we love is Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen? And they're not going to depart from each other as it looks like, so that's good. Amen? Stick together and stick with Jesus, and you're going to be all right. And so, um, Jesus and Destiny and, and the rest of the family, we have an obligation to live right in front of these little guys. And they're going to follow our example in what we portray in front of them in the years ahead. And there's an old saying that I believe is true, that actions speak louder than words. And so we can't just say, boys, put God first. Boys, do this. Boys, do that. When we don't do it ourselves, that, you know, that they'll follow our example a lot more than they'll ever follow just our words. And so uh, that's something for us to always keep in mind as parents. Now, at, at High Desert Word Center, we're not just some family or, or some some church that meets together on Sunday mornings, but we, we do take it as being part of a family uh, when you when you join the family here. And so everyone in the congregation, I feel, also has an obligation to live right in front of these little guys, don't we? Yeah? Come on, yeah. <laughs> and so and so we take that seriously and we have a duty to pray for them, uh just like they were our own family. And and, and we have a duty to live right in front of them and show them the ways of God by our behavior and not just by our words also. And it's an important thing. And I believe that in 16, 18 years, whatever the time frame is, that we're going to see two godly young men that serve the Lord uh, standing before us and two guys that were raised in the ways of God and are good, good young men living for the Lord. Who believes that that's what we're going to see? Amen. All right. And so at this moment, I'm going to ask Jesus and Destiny to uh, repeat after me, and we're going to do your part to dedicate the boys to the Lord, and then we're going to pray over you guys in just a minute. But I want you to repeat uh, kind of these vows, you know, after me. Say this, uh, say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for giving us the gift of Jesus and Cairo. We realize that we have great responsibility to show them the ways of God. So today, September 18th, 2022, <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> we are formally dedicating their lives to you. May they always follow you and never turn away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Yeah. 
Now as a family and as a church family, I'd like us to also uh, make a faith confession and, and say some words over them. Can we stand up together today? Can we do that? Amen. This is an important thing for us. And so I'd like the rest of the family here in the church family to repeat, uh, repeat these words of faith and this dedication with me. Now, if you don't mean it, don't say it because you don't want to be a liar. But if, if, but if you, if you'll mean it, I'd like for you to say it with me. Okay. Father in Jesus name, we thank you today for letting us share the life of Jesus and Cairo. We promise Lord Jesus to live godly lives in front of them. We will pray for them and be a good example. Help us, Lord Jesus, to keep this promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Katie and uh, and Pastor Mrs. Pastor, let's, let's lay hands on these young men this morning as we pray over them and we'll dedicate them to the Lord. Amen. All right. And then Pastor Katie, uh, she's going to have something for you guys, some Bibles for them. And uh, I, know, I know they can't read them yet, but someday it's going to really mean something. All right. One day. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lay hands on Cairo this morning and on Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the blessing that these young guys are, Lord. We thank you that they were born at just the right moment in history, Lord. You you had it all set up. It's no coincidence that they were born when they were born. It's no coincidence that they were given to these parents, Lord. You had it all set up before the earth ever even began. And Lord, I pray over them right now that these young guys are going to grow grow up in the ways of the Lord. They're going to be godly men, good examples to their own family someday, to their own community. They will serve you every day of their lives. They're going to be healthy men, Lord. They're not going to have to know sickness and disease and, and the curse, Lord. But I thank you that they are healthy. They're living long, 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 strong, strong, strong lives. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing on them of even prosperity as they grow older, Lord, that, that they don't have to know the curse <laughs> Of, of, of sickness and poverty and all these other things, Lord. They've been redeemed from the curse of the law, just like Galatians tells us, Lord. And so in the name of Jesus, they will grow up exactly how you want them to, Lord. They will always serve you every day of their lives. And may your blessing be on mom and dad and the whole family as they commit this day to raise these boys right. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus some praise today. Amen. All right. Well, we'll, uh, maybe we'll try to, I don't know. You're going to try to take a picture of all these guys. Okay. So they're going to try to take a picture of all of you together. So, I mean, your family, you can squeeze in together. Go ahead. And, oh, and me. Okay. Well, I'll squeeze in with you. All right. Praise God. I'll go back here by Chris. So that way I'm not blocking everyone. <laughs> Amen. All right, praise God. Let's give it up for the family one more time. Amen. All right, and I'm going to have uh, Destiny stay up here for a minute. We'd like to pray over her as she, uh, like we said earlier, 
And we'll keep Jesus too. Let's have both of them. Jesus serves in the army as well and just got back from Kuwait about a month ago. And so <laughs> now Destiny is, uh, is taken off to serve the country too. So, uh, we was, as a church family, we wanted to be there for Jesus during this time. He's got two little boys on his hands and a full-time job. He's got a great family to help him out, but anything we can do to, to help out also, uh, we're going to do that, aren't we? Amen. And so I'm going to have you guys turn around right over here and we're going to pray for you. Amen. You could come over here and uh, just face Pastor Katie and I, and we want to pray over you as you take off on this journey. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for destiny. And Lord, just what a blessing that she's been to this church family, Lord, o- over the past season that she's been here, Lord, been a been a good member and, and a good example and everything else, Lord. And God, we know that you said the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And so as she uh, takes off now to, to, to do her basic training and to serve the United States of America. Lord, I thank you that her steps are ordered by you. We plead the blood of Jesus over her and we rebuke any plan that the devil would maybe have to bring harm to her or, or to, or to, to, to do anything that would, that would throw her life off. But we say no in Jesus mighty name that, that everything is going to work out perfectly. She is safe. She is healthy. She is strong in body. She is strong mentally. She is strong, uh, physically and spiritually, Lord, and that your hand is upon her life. This entire entire journey and you're bringing her through it and lord you're going to show her everything she needs to do from here on out and she will listen to her heart and make the right decision and not even have to second guess it lord but you are absolutely directing her every step in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're going to pray over Jesus too, God, that during this next season of of change and, and everything else, Lord, that you're helping him just, uh, you're giving him a supernatural ability to, to be a, an awesome godly dad to these boys while he's uh, taking care of them on his own for a little bit. I thank you, Lord, that uh, he's got the strength and the energy and everything he else, uh, everything else that he needs to do this job and also work full time and everything else, Lord. But we thank you that your blessing is on them and this This is going to be a good, good season, Lord. Even this is a season of change. It's a good season in the mighty name of Jesus. You're with them every step in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you guys. You're awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to have uh, pastor come on up this morning. Amen. And uh, you can be seated. Man, what a service we've got today. We just got a full thing going here. But uh, Pastor's got uh, some a pretty cool announcement, I think. You know, maybe you'll think. I don't know. But he's going to share some good information with us and make a cool announcement. And then we'll do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I, I'll tell you, I'm so, I'm so excited about the times we live in, what God's doing. And how many know that our church has been in transition for quite a while for Pastor David Katie to officially become the pastors? They've been walking in it for a long time and been being proven. And on October the 2nd, we're going to have a transition service where we officially lay hands on them. Where they they are, but where in the eyes of heaven, it's the thing the Bible wants us to do is lay hands on people when they're promoted. So we're going to lay hands on them that day and officially transfer the mantle to them to be the pastors of the church. And so that's going to be a very, very big day. So mark your calendar for October the 2nd. It's going to be an awesome service. And because I've walked to this for so many years, I can tell you this. If you think they have been walking in some really, really, really good stuff for the last several years they've been pastoring, 
wait till this thing takes official place and the grace of God is fully transferred to them for being pastors. It's going to be, and, and, you know, I can just tell you by experience that God's grace really changes things. They've had the grace for what they're doing, but when we do this that day, it's just like in the book of Deuteronomy, the last chapter, chapter 34, it said when Moses, Moses was getting ready to be promoted to go to heaven, when Moses laid hands on Joshua, it said the same spirit that Moses had, Joshua got, and he walked in the same wisdom that Moses had. And so I praise God that I've been able to raise Pastor Dave as my son all these years and what what he's always walked in. And I've been amazed what him and Pastor Katie have done for the last several years. But watch out, guys. Get ready to be turned up. So make sure, mark your calendars. October the 2nd, we're going to have that service. It would be so wonderful if all the High Desert Word family was here that day to participate because who knows what kind of spiritual fireworks are going to go off. Because heaven's excited about this, and we are too. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor. And now here comes my boss. Hallelujah. Well, we're not going anywhere, and we are not retiring. Do not come up here and say, oh, are you retiring? I hate that word. You don't retire from God. You just keep on keeping on. So Pastor and I are oversight pastors. We're still on the pastoral teams. We're oversight pastors. We've got lots of years of wisdom and stuff like that, and we just work together as a pastoral team family, Pastor Josh and Pastor and Katie. No, Pastor Josh and Julie. We're, we're, she's around here somewhere. And Pastors Dave and Katie and Pastor and I are on the pastoral staff here at High Desert Word Center. So anyway, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to be speaking uh, on the 2nd giving you some history about because a lot of you are new you don't have a clue about us you know you just know that you see us here on sunday where you don't know who we are where we came from you know if we crawled out from under a rock you have no idea you know so i'm going to be giving some history on how we got here and about the family and stuff like that and then pastors are going to talk about the uh the biblical end of the whole deal so it's going to be good okay so guess what time it is ladies and gentlemen it's happy time it's also Mission Sunday, so if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand and the ushers will uh, make sure that you get an envelope. I'm going to, uh, well, gee, I'm going to talk about Luke 6.38 first. Luke 6.38 is awesome. This is an offering scripture. It's not a tithing scripture, but we are receiving our tithes and offerings. So Luke 6.38, Jesus said this. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. It says, for the same measure that you use or meet with all, it shall be measured back to you. Amen. So this is how you can't outgive God, okay? Pastor Katie also talked about how today if you want to sow into the Harvest Fest, do that. Um, they have a four or five thousand dollar budget. We need to get that met so that we can reach the community for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't, you know, this is a tool that we use. It's a sneaky tool to get the people in the city to come out so we can tell them all about Jesus. And so it's a tool. But, you know, it takes money to get, you know, to pay for tools. So anyway, that. And plus, it is also, um, 
Mission Sunday. And I want to uh, read uh, Psalm 2.8 to you. This is, a mission, uh, this is my favorite missions uh, verse. It says, ask of me, Jesus said. Do you know that the also Bible says, if you, re- you receive not because you ask not? You know, if you're not asking the Lord in prayer, you're getting nothing. So he says even here, ask of me. He says, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Well, that's what we do at High Desert Word Center. We have a missions board back there. We bring in our missionaries so that you can meet them and hear their stories. And then he also says, in, and it also says in the end of uh, verse 8 here, and the, pos- and the ends of the earth for your possessions. And, you know, I got to thinking about that this morning, and I thought, okay, ask of me. Well, how often, how many of us are asking, Lord, we want this region saved for you. We want this region to, as if God were looking down from heaven and he saw all this light shining back up. And what, what, what is it? It's, it's people born again. People loving Jesus in this entire region. Fort Irwin, you know, Barstow, Newberry Springs, Yermo, Hinkley, wherever else we got Daggett. Can't forget Daggett, right? All these areas, you cannot, you know, that the Lord, that we win these people to the Lord, but we've got to ask Him, Lord, we want these people born again. And then we have to do our part and get out there and, uh, you know, do what He tells us to do. Open our mouths and talk about Jesus. Amen. I want to read to you about, today I'm highlighting Pacific Justice Institute. This is one of the, uh, one of the groups that we call missionaries that we support. If you're not familiar with Pacific Justice Institute, they've been around, I don't know, 25, give or take years, or maybe even more. They're having an anniversary, but I forget which one it is. This is a pro bono, means you don't pay the bill, legal organization that tends to the Christian needs of people, churches, schools, etc. So I do want to read uh, something from uh, one of their um, newsletters that they, they sent. Pacific Justice Institute is suing the state of California. Yay. Why is, why are we in partnership with Pacific Justice Institute suing the state of California? Because they are uh um you have to have you have to have people that when you do law stuff, you have to have people that are your clients, you know. So there's three churches in San Diego but actually, this will affect all the churches in California. It has to do with daycare centers. And so California made a new law, you know, like they always do. But we're on top of them, right? Amen with Righteousness Watch. Defined as a daycare center for ministries. You know, a lot of churches have a ministry of a daycare center in their church. Well, the government wants to come in and tell them, you can't tell these kids about Jesus in the church. You know, I mean, they just they just go to all these stupid things. And so what they're doing, they want to ha- tell the churches what they're going to teach them and what they're going to do. It actually strips the churches of their First Amendment rights for free speech. And uh, it even tells them that these little kids can't pray, you know. So, I mean, you know, hey, they're not getting away with this. So this is why we fund and we help support Pacific Justice Institute. None of us in here are lawyers. Maybe some of you want to be a lawyer, but none of us that I know of are lawyers. And none of us are certainly not being lawyers for nothing, you know. <laughs> Pro bono means you don't pay the bill. They go to they go to bat for you. They've taken cases to the Supreme Court. Not only that, but they've extended beyond 
California, and they've, they've opened up offices all across the Midwest, the East Coast. I think they opened like 20 offices, pro bono stuff this past year. So anyway, hallelujah. So, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let's stand up. I've got, we've got our regular tithes and offerings. We've got our missions offerings. If you want to give into, uh, Harvest Fest, you may do that as well. Amen. So let's say our financial faith confession, and then uh, you can bring your tithes and offerings up and remain up here for praise and worship, or worship if you'd like. Hallelujah. Okay. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, come join us up here at the altar. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's surrender our hearts, surrender our finances, surrender everything to the Lord. Amen. Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, I call you Savior with nail-scarred hands. You will be my son in the morning light, bringing redemption to my dark night. Beautiful surrender is where I want to be, locked into your arms for all eternity. Come and take my hand, you can leave me where you please. That beautiful surrender is chasing after me. Let's open our arms to the Lord and surrender to Him today. I am beloved, full of faith, standing tall, confident and brave, ready to fall. With no reservation Oh, I surrender all Beautiful, beautiful surrender Is where I want to be Locked into your arms For all eternity Come and take my hand You can 
awesome God, so mighty, so we love you and we can truly say you are an awesome God you are holy there is nobody like you Lord there's nobody else on the same level nobody else in the same league you are all together holy and Jesus we love you and we praise your name today we ask that you would speak to us in this service Lord Tell us the truth because we know when we receive the truth, it will set us free from anything that's tried to hold us back, from anything that's tried to hold us captive to the enemy's power. We thank you, Jesus, that today will be a life-changing day as we exalt the name of Jesus. We love you and we praise you and we ask you to have your way in this house today. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise together today? Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you can make your way to your your seats today. Amen. God is good to us. Who knows that, that God's been good to you? You know that? That he's probably been better to you than you deserve. I know that's the, that's the absolute truth for me. He has been so much better than I deserve, but that's the grace of God. His mercy has been poured out on me, not because I have earned it, but because he is simply a good and merciful God. Amen. Well, this morning, we're going to be kind of digging into part two of a, of a, a lesson that we started last week. And the title is simply this. No. No. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound very deep. Well, it's not really the deepest thing we've ever discussed, but it is very, very powerful when you begin to realize the power of your no. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 18, whatever you bind on earth or whatever you forbid on earth shall be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you loose or whatever you permit on earth shall be permitted in heaven. That's a very big statement to make. And so when Jesus said that we have that that authority over the devil, you better realize that I'm ready to take advantage of the authority that's been given to me. Amen. Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the works of the devil. Who knows that? That you've got authority over all the works of the devil. And so whenever he tries to bring sickness, disease, depression, divorce, poverty, whatever it is into your life, you have got the authority in the name of Jesus to say, no, I resist that in Jesus' name. That ought to make somebody a little happy this morning. Someone should say amen today. Come on. Amen. All right. Well, before we just take off too heavy, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline to follow along with the message, and you can kind of make sense of everything we're saying. But I'm telling you, I am excited to know what the Word of God says 
for my life. You know this isn't just a history book. The word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? And so this is a living document. This is, in fact, Jesus is the word. And so that's why we take it very, very seriously around here. Amen. All right. Well, uh, last week, yeah, someone want to, Tom, was that you? Join Tom, everybody. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. <laughs> hey yeah, you don't want to be the only one clapping in church. That's not right. All right. So uh, last week we kind of looked at a few things that we're supposed to say no to. And of course, one of them is when the devil tries to come in and bring his lies and, and temptation to us. We say no in the name of Jesus. Well, this week uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of other areas where you need to say no. And, and you would think like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's a big deal. Anytime Satan tries to come in and get me to do anything that is not God's will for my life, it's a big deal and I better learn how to say no and some people would say well I face situations where I simply can't say no to you can you can through the word of God you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength can't you and so when temptation comes you can say no maybe not in your own ability maybe you're not quite strong enough but that's okay because Jesus is strong enough and I'm not relying on my own strength for my life. I am relying on the strength of Jesus. Amen. And so you can say no to the wrong things if you are relying on Jesus. All right. And so let's look at a few things today that we need to say no to because it is a serious thing. Number one, we're going to say this. You need to say no to fear. You've got to learn to say no to fear. And you're like, well, that's not, that's not such a big deal. Everybody's got fear. Well, yeah, we all face fear, but if you're going to be victorious and if you're going to move forward in life, you're going to have to get to the place where you can resist and say no to fear, even if you don't think it's that big of a deal. And so I want to show you a very important Bible verse that probably a lot of you know this morning. Second Timothy one seven. Can we go there this morning? Second Timothy one seven. And we're going to look at it in the King James Version because that's how I learned it when I was a little boy. And that's how my kids learned it. But 2 Timothy 1, 7, and you need to know this verse. There is a lot of power, a lot of deliverance and freedom for you in this verse. 2 Timothy 1, 7. And what a powerful verse. It tells us this. If you know it, you could say it with me. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. What has he given us? The spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Who would like to have a sound mind today? Yeah. You don't have to be crazy anymore. Oh, wait. Well, my bad. But, but listen, no. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be disturbed. No, no, no. He has given us a sound mind. That's a really, really good gift from the Lord. But the biggest thing that I'm going to talk about today out of this verse is God has not given us a spirit of fear. If we're dealing with fear, we need to realize that God's not the one trying to make you afraid. He's the one that's trying to get you delivered from it. Now, I heard a story about a little boy that was afraid of the dark. All right. And one night his mom told him to go out to the back porch and grab the broom and bring it inside. And he turned to his mom and said, I'm not going out there. It's dark. I'm I'm afraid of the dark. And she's like, honey, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. There's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus is out there with you, okay? And he's like, 
you sure about that? Jesus is out there. And, 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 and she's like, Jesus is with you everywhere you go. Jesus is out there with you. There's nothing to be afraid of. And so he's like, okay. And he, he kind of peeks out the door a little bit. And, 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 and she's like, if you're afraid, just call on Jesus. It's okay. So he peeks out the door. Like, Jesus, you out there? Can you grab the broom for me so I don't have to go outside? Like, hey, he gets it. He gets it. Amen. But I'm telling you that all joking aside, listen, it's one thing to kind of be startled. It's one thing to have a little bit of fear, try to hit your life. We've all have that. We all deal with that. But the scripture just mentions something at a whole other level. And it ain't funny. It's called the spirit of fear. Now, you know, it's one thing to be a little startled or, you know, a little nervous or whatever. But when a spirit of fear gets a hold of your life, that is a whole other level. And you and your life, you've got to learn when this tries to get a hold of you in the name of Jesus, you've got to say no to fear. When the when Satan's trying to come and plant lies into your mind, oh, your family's never going to make it. Your marriage ain't never going to make it. You'll always be poor. This disease is probably going to be the one to finally kill you. When all of these fearful thoughts try to come to your mind, do you just sit there and try to overpower it? No, 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 no. You, with your mouth, in the name of Jesus, say, no, Satan, no. And what did Jesus do as we saw last week in Matthew 4? He responded with scripture, it is written. And he always had a verse to fight the devil with when he came to him. And that's a big, big key to our success. But I'm telling you right now, it's one thing to be a little spooked, but you better watch it because if we just let fear start moving into the house, a thing called the spirit of fear tries to get a hold of you. And if you let fear have an inch, it'll take a mile in your life. And I know because I have seen this happen so many times. Here's a few facts about fear, some fear facts. And uh, I didn't put these on the screen, but I think it could do you a lot of good to kind of write these down. Some of the dangerous facts about fear. One thing about fear is it controls. When you let fear get into your life, it controls you. What do you mean by that? Well, I've seen people so controlled by fear, like, uh, you know, they, they won't go to certain places out of fear of, well, I may, I might see so-and-so or, 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 or this could happen. And we all know to, you know, avoid dangerous areas, but I'm just saying no spirit of fear is going to tell me where I can go, who I can talk to, how I can do it. In the name of Jesus, I can do anything that Jesus is calling me to do. Somebody would say, man, I'd like to go on that missions trip to Honduras. It's always been a dream of mine, but I've just been scared and I hear it and I, I oh, I could never do it. I could never raise the money. I, I could never leave the country. And what? Come on. If Jesus wants you to go to Honduras and the devil's saying, no, you can't, you better say, no, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going in the name of Jesus. Fear will control you if you'll let it. What's another fact about fear? Fear lies. Fear will lie to you. I've heard an acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And, and don't you know, have you seen that, 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 you know, the, the devil will just magnify and, 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 and turn some little thing into some blown out of proportion thing. I always joke that you get a paper cut, you go on WebMD and like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, the next thing you know, you've self-diagnosed yourself with cancer. Listen, 
Why? Because fear, it, it lies and it blows things way out of proportion in our lives if we don't say no. What's another thing that fear does? Fear will make a fool out of you. Fear will make a fool out of you. And I'm just, I'm just being real. I've seen people do really stupid and foolish things all because of fear. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm afraid that this is going to happen. So, so I'll just go do it. No, no. Fear will make you look stupid if you don't say no to fear. And well, this kind of brings me to my next fun fact about fear is, uh, fear makes you selfish. Now that may sound mean, but I'm just going to be real that when you let fear control you, you will do selfish things. I think back to the beginning of the pandemic. What happened? Everybody, I went into, I was at the Victorville Walmart on March the 16th, 2020. And I, I, I pull up and I'm going to go inside and get some stuff. I'm like, I've never seen so many people at Walmart. Are they having a sale? I mean, come on, you know, are juice boxes on sale? What's going on? And so I, I can't find a cart anywhere. I see all these people running around with their carts stockpiled full of stuff. And, and, and believe it or not, I was there to get toilet paper that day. And I'm like, come on. And so I go through and the shelves, there's just people clearing stuff off of the shelves. And, and, and there's like nothing left in the whole store. I couldn't find a cart anyway. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I didn't realize it, but what happened? Everybody was so fearful and afraid, right? And you can have your opinion on that, whatever that may be. But I'm telling you right now, they didn't care anything at all about whether the mom next door could get a gallon of milk for her kids. They didn't care anything at all about whether the old, the elderly neighbor could come in and get the supplies they needed. All they cared about was themselves because they were so afraid. We better get all we can before somebody else gets it. That's selfish. Thank you for your holy silence. Amen. That's, yeah, all right. Uh, well, I'm telling you, I, my brother Joe told me this story about him and Chuck a long time ago, brother Chuck. They went out camping in the woods up by Mammoth. And uh, that's the funniest story. But but Joe says they were out in the woods and uh, on a trail or something. And he sees this dude come flying down the trail, just running, running. And he's like, whoa, what happened? And up in the distance, he they there's there's a, a black bear and they saw a black bear. And 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 and, and what happened was. This man was with his wife and kids. He saw the bear. He took off running and left his wife and kids to fend for themselves. Ladies, what would you do to your husband if he did? No, don't answer that. <laughs> wow. That, wow. I don't want to know what that conversation was like later, but I hope sissy boy got the talking that he deserved. Because, And also, I mean, let's just get real. The dumbest thing you could do is just take off running from a bear. His predator instincts are going to kick in, and he's going to chase you down and kill you when he probably wouldn't have anyway. So, but but I'm talking about fear will make you do selfish things. Selfish, where I got to take care of me. Everybody else is on their own. I don't care. I don't care about them. I just got to take care of me. Fear will make you do selfish things. Fear will eventually, if unchecked, can kill you. I don't believe that. Oh, my goodness. Fear and anxiety and stress. Do you know what that does to the body? Well, I do because I looked it up on Google. And, and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's readily available information. So I haven't been to medical school, but I have, you know, I know how to use the Internet. So, but the stress and 
fear and anxiety, when you just let that control your life, it will ravage your body, man. It's awful. It's like worse than smoking cigarettes. It's bad for you. It has a devastating effect when you don't deal with it. Fear can be a killer in your life. And also, eventually, if undealt with, fear can become sin in your life. I don't believe that. No, we'll talk about it. But I'm telling you that if you just let fear keep controlling you, it can become sinful. And so we're going to go put our Bibles here to Numbers chapter 13. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to see here uh, the story of Moses sending the 12 spies into the promised land. Now, what happened was they, hey, they made it through the plagues and everything. They, they made it out of Egypt. And really, they make it to, uh, to the promised land, to Canaan, in a pretty short amount of time, honestly. They get over there. And Moses says, we're going to send 12 spies in to scout out the land. We'll send one guy from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so they send 12 guys in to see, you know, hey, let's go look at what our new home is going to be. The Lord promised that this land is going to belong to us. And so uh, they're getting ready to, to, to go in and, and, and scout it out. They get in there. Let's look at Numbers chapter 13. Verses 27 and 28. And so the, the guys go in, they return to Moses, and here's what they had to say. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit that it produces. And so check it out, man. They're like, it is everything that God said it would be. And, and, and God didn't lie. God didn't lie. He said, oh, I've got a good place for you guys. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to take you there. And so they made it. And sure enough, God didn't lie. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, what we're getting ready to see here, you know, we've, you've, we've talked about this a lot. But one of the favorite phrases of fear is always but you know and i'm talking about well i know god promised this but we'll never have it because you know look at our family or i know god promised this or i know god did this god delivered me from that but here i am now back at it again god did this and always this word but and and and, and so my dad taught me that what is what does that mean when we say that it means forget everything else i just said here's what i really mean god is good but boy, the devil's bad. Why would you say something stupid like that? Come on, let's don't do that. Say, God is good all the time. Amen? You don't have to add anything else in there. And so whenever fear is present, you'll always see this word, but. And so uh, what we have here is they just said, oh, yeah, sure enough, it is a bountiful land it's everything that god said it would be but fear enjoys saying but and so maybe you've heard me say this so bear with me but every time someone says something like that to me <laughs> you know where i'm going dave listen every time I'm like, man god's been good god delivered me god saved my marriage but i'm like you always gotta throw butt in there why is that 
all I hear in the back of my mind, bear with me, maybe you're more holy than I am. Remember a song from a guy called Sir Mix a lot in the 90s, right? Come on. I like big butts. And so that's all I hear in my mind is, you what? Stop that. No, you don't get to say it. No, throw that out of there. And so what we've got here is they just said, oh, yeah, God's good. He Everything he promised. And here it is, the big word of fear. Verse 28. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And so everything they just said is, oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, God God was right, but we will never get in there because it is a fortified big city. There's giants there. And so 10 of these guys out of 12 bring back a fearful report. Only two out of the 12 were men of faith, Joshua and Caleb. So look at verses 30 through 33. So they're, they're all raising a commotion. Oh, it's terrible. It'll never happen. Verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other man who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. What a bunch of sissies. No, seriously, look at this. See what fear does? It exaggerates things. First of all, not everybody there was a giant. And they're like, everybody in the whole city's huge. Not ever there were giants. Not everybody was a giant there. And uh, how about this? They even said, we know what they were thinking. They thought we were grasshoppers. We know they thought that. How many times has fear told you what somebody else is thinking? What a lie. You have no idea what they're thinking. Yeah, I went into work today. She didn't say it, but I know what she was thinking. No, you don't. You do not. Oh, he didn't even have to say it. He did not even have to say it because I could tell what he was thinking. Oh, my gosh. Fear, the spirit of fear has gotten a hold of you if you've reached that level. No, no. Fear will make a fool out of you. And so these 10 guys, they spread fear throughout millions of people there was a there was a few million people of the israelites that made it out of uh, out of out of egypt there and so next thing you know as you're reading the story everybody's crying everybody's weeping and 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 that tells me how powerful the spirit of fear is honestly without the help of social media or cnn or any other modern technology they were able within a matter of hours to spread fear amongst millions of people. Think about that. And so maybe the, all the problems aren't just, it's just modern technology. Well, there's issues there, no doubt. But check it out. The spirit of fear doesn't even need the Internet to control mass populations. And so it's a real thing, and you better deal with it. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. 
What a sad situation. These are the people that saw the Red Sea part. These are the people that saw miracle after miracle. They were fighting warriors in here. And what all happened? They cried all night long. Look at verses 11 to 12. And so God, the fear thing started to really tick God off. Well, God don't get angry. Well, he can get there, all right? He is rich in love. He's slow to anger, but he can eventually reach the point of anger. We know this. And so look at verses 11 and 12. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Well, you know, what is that? That disrespect. Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Woo! Calm down. Then I will make you, talking to Moses, into a nation greater and mightier than they are. I mean, God is ready to blow this whole thing up and start all over. But as you continue reading, Moses intercedes for the people. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Give them another chance. And, 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 and Moses is an intercessor and, and, and pleads before God for him to spare the people and he does god has mercy and doesn't destroy all of them but what a thing to look at that their fear and complaining and doubt god took it eventually as a personal insult so is it a sin to get a little startled and fear tries to knock on your door that's not a sin uh but but if it's undealt with and you begin to let fear start controlling your life It can reach the point of sin. Well, how is that? You're elevating something else above God's word. God's word says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And the devil's lying and saying, oh, no, he's leaving you. God's not with you anymore. You start believing that you're believing lies over God himself. As a parent, how would you feel if all the time, you know, you told your kids, hey, this Friday, you know, whatever, that we're going to go get new shoes after school. And, and you keep reminding them every day. And every day they're like, no, we're not. <laughs> I doubt that. No, no way. There's no way. No, I'm telling you, I promise. This Friday, we're going to go after school and get new shoes. Yeah, right. You won't do it. You won't do it. How would that make you feel? Well, eventually I'd be like, you calling me a liar? I said I would do it. Have I been that bad to you that you can't trust anything I say? And whenever we've got promises from God's word that are saying you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You do have the mind of Christ. You can make it through this situation. I will be with you. And every time I don't I I doubt, I, I, I just doubt I don't know. He won't do it. No, no. He, what are you? I mean, what's God supposed to think like you call me a liar? I mean, I said I do it. It begins to elevate other things above God's word. And that's a that's a, a, a pretty serious situation to be in. And so on your outline there, when we repeatedly tell God we don't trust him to do what he said he would do, we're basically calling him a liar. Now, you can choose to agree or disagree with that statement, but I'm telling you, whenever God promises something and we're like, he won't do it. No, no, not for me. He won't do it. No, 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 no. What are we doing? We're saying, I trust my circumstances. I trust my problems more than I trust God. I've got more faith in this disease than I have in God. I've got more faith in this situation than I have in God. That's sinful. 
And that's just something for us to consider. And so I'm telling you that fear, it's not just some cute, you know, funny little thing. No, fear can be a killer in your life. You have to say, no, in Jesus' name, I resist this fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given me the spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. You better learn to quote God's word, and you better learn to say no to the devil. Amen? All right. Praise God. Well, we're going to move on to point number two, but I'm just telling you this. A lot of the Israelites learned that fear will keep you out of your promised land in life. Fear will close the door to the promised land. You've got to learn to believe God more. And the second thing I'm going to say today is this. Number two, you've got to say no to quitting. Say no to quitting. Have you ever been tempted to quit on something? I have. Oh, yeah, man. I've been tempted to quit. I, well, the biggest thing I hated in life was high school speech class. I hated it. I never wanted to talk in front of people for one minute in my entire life. Amen. And so God got the last laugh. But I hated it. I thought of every way to get out of that class. And they're like, no, it's a requirement. You've got to do it. And my gosh, I hate, I wanted to quit so bad. And there's been so many things in life that I've just wanted to quit because let's face it. When things get really hard, our, our instincts tell us, no, it's, it's, just, just find something else. And quitting, you know, I'll say it this way. You know, in the, in the world of sports, you never want to lose, right? You always want to win. You play to win the game, right? You play to win. You always want to win. But I'll tell you this. I can still respect you if you fought hard, you know, fought really hard until the end and you just came up short. But you hung in there, you gave it your all, and you just came up short. I've got no respect for you if you just quit because the other team was playing a lot harder than you. I don't respect that. You know, and and sometimes you see that even in professional sports where they're down and they're just like, forget it. We're just not even going to put in any effort anymore. You're a quitter. I mean, you fight hard until the bitter end no matter what. We are not quitters. But in, in the real world... I feel like we've got a generation where quitting is just the norm. Have you seen this? And it all starts with, you know, maybe you're a little kid and, and the, you know, the, the coach doesn't bring the juice boxes that week to the soccer game, you know, the, the gummy bears, and so you quit. Like, I ain't playing this no more. You quit, you know. And I was only here for the fruit snacks anyway. And, and so mom and dad let you quit. Or, you know, you, you take a, a couple of piano lessons, then you find out they actually want you to practice every week. And I'm not practicing. No. And, and so what do you do? You quit the piano lessons or, or, or whatever the case is. Or, or maybe you grow up and I've seen this. Oh, I've seen this. You get a new job. You get hired. And they don't make you the boss by the end of the second month. You know, what am I going to do? <laughs> I deserve, I've put in two solid months. I, uh, don't they know who I am? The potential that I have. And I've only been late six times out of those two months. I've only called off four times out of two months. And they, my name ought to be on the front of that building by now. Really? Well, good for you. <laughs> I quit. And, and I've seen it, man. When I worked at FedEx in Indianapolis, oh my gosh. Maybe it's not the time to talk about this, but anyway, 
And we had a guy that came into our work crew, and he had worked for GM in Indianapolis, and he'd been a, you know, part of a really great union for a long time. And we were just a part-time, uh, as a part-time job. I mean, I was pushing boxes for three hours a day like a monkey and just going home. Like, it was, it was not a skilled position. Anybody could do this job. And so this guy comes in, and, and I mean, after the first couple hours of work, like, you mean there's no breaks yet? Oh my gosh. I'm like, literally, dude, you got a box coming down the conveyor belt. All you got to do is look at the sticker. And if it says Burbank, push the box. Like it, it, it's the easiest job in the world. And you're like, these people, they're ridiculous. They don't give us anything. We've got our right. I'm like, dude, I'm just here to collect my 1125 an hour and go home and pretend none of this ever happened. And so this guy, he lasted two weeks because he thought we should get a job every hour on the hour or get a, a break every hour on the hour and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, my gosh. It must have been nice where you worked because I never had anything like that at all. And so what did he do? He quit because it just wasn't fair that we didn't get an hourly break after pushing a box down the, you know, off of the slide. And so when you develop the habit of becoming a quitter, it doesn't stop with soccer and piano lessons and your job. What happens when things get hard in your marriage? There's plenty of fish in the sea. I found this one. There's more out there. You quit. No. What happened that you made a promise in front of God and the preacher in front of all these people that we will stick it out until the day that we die or Jesus calls us home. But now because I found out you've got morning breath and you aren't always nice, I quit. And it doesn't end. Or, or that, man, the church isn't doing things how I wanted. I, uh, so I'll find a new one. I quit. Or... God, maybe you feel like God's not paying up all that he owes you because you've just been so awesome and he owes me more than that. And so what you eventually will quit on God. I've seen it. I have seen it. It is dangerous to develop a habit of quitting. The undisputed goat of basketball, Michael Jordan, said this. If you quit once, it becomes a habit. Never quit. If you quit... It becomes a habit, and uh, the second time, it's a whole lot easier to quit. The third time, it's a whole lot easier to quit. And, I mean, you can just look at any area, even in, in marriages. You see that second, third, fourth, fifth marriages, the, 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 the percentage of those surviving gets even lesser and lesser because you found out that, oh, I, yeah, I could just walk away. No, don't develop the habit of quitting can we get a little amen? Because some of you are looking a little bit mean at me here today, and I don't like that too much. Okay. And so when God and his word are your foundation, you can say no to quitting. You can. Now, I get it. There's times you move on to a new job or what, you know, what we're not talking about. I'm talking about being a little quitter. When God and his word are your foundation, you have within you the ability to say no to quitting because his word gives you confidence about your calling and your mission in life. And I'll say this, this is on your outline. You have to remember what you're fighting for. You have to always remember what it is that you're fighting for. And when you forget why you even exist, when you forget what it is you're fighting for, then yeah, when things get tough, it's a whole lot easier to quit. When, when things aren't what you think they should be, when the world and people ain't paying up what you think they owe you, 
you'll begin to develop a habit of quitting. And I, I just, you got to keep it in front of you and remember what you're fighting for. I remember one of the, just a rough time in my life, man. I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to go do anything else, man. I wanted to move to the woods and build a cabin and say, see you later. And I wanted to be gone. But what did I do, man? The Lord spoke to me. Remember what you're fighting for. I printed out a big poster of all these pictures of my wife and kids, and I put Bible verses on it, and I put a great big Bible verse, 1 Timothy 6, to fight the good fight of faith. And any time that I was like, I, I, I can't, I, I, I got to quit, I got to find something else, I would look at that picture and say, that's what I'm fighting for. I will never quit on these people. I will never quit on my wife. I will never quit on my kids. I will never quit on High Desert Word Center because I love them and they deserve it. Amen? Remember what you're fighting for. And so the Apostle Paul was a man who knew what he was fighting for. And if anybody could have quit, it was him. Uh, he went through far worse stuff than I've ever been through. And I'm going to show you really quick, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Can we go there, 2 Corinthians chapter 11? Are you still with me today? Second Corinthians chapter 11. Now, you would think that, man, being called a loser would be one of the biggest insults. And, yeah, I, I don't want to be called a loser. But what's even worse than that is being called a quitter. I don't, you know, if I just came up short in the in the the game or the battle, you know, whatever. At least I stuck in there. But I don't want to get to heaven and got in Jesus because I know I've got an appointment with Jesus someday. You do too. <laughs> You're going to stand before Him and give an account for your life. And I don't want Him to say, "Man, you quit. What in the world?" I told you that you, I would give you the strength. I would give you the grace. I would give you the power. I would, I would help you through it. I said I'd never leave you. Why'd you quit? I don't want to have that conversation. And so certainly I don't ever want to be called a loser, but I really never want to be called a quitter. And so let's look. This is a list of things that the apostle Paul went through, yet he still refused to quit. Why? Because he wanted to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have got that on your heart, oh man, nothing will make you quit. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23. This is called the list of Paul's trials. Paul says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often Paul was in jail a lot. If you read the epistles, the man was in jail a whole lot. I've been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. I've said it, but that's the, the beating that Jesus got before he went to the cross was the beating of the 39 lashes. They were by law allowed 40, but they didn't want to accidentally go over, so they would stop at 39. And so you've seen the passion of the Christ, the beating that Jesus took. Paul had that happen five times. Can you imagine what the man's back looked like? The, the scars and the, I mean, this guy had to have just a beat up body. But what happened? Just get up and go preaching again. He would not quit. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. 
He, uh, I mean, floating out in the middle of the ocean a whole night and day doing it, and he didn't deserve to. He did it because of a shipwreck. He said, I have traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the city, in the desert, on the sea, and I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. You mean some people claim to be believers but they're actually not? I mean, well, yeah, apparently some people, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Then why just stab me in the back and do me like that? Why? Why? Oh, they're fakes. And so Paul said that, man, they claim to be believers, but are not. Verse 27, I've worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. And so out of all this stuff that Paul went through, the man would not quit it wasn't in him why because he knew what he was fighting for and when you really know that in your heart and you're willing to die for what you believe in you can say no to quitting through the power of god and i can say i am really glad that paul never quit who who's really glad that Paul never quit. Do you realize how much of the New Testament just wouldn't be there? If Paul had quit, how much of the important, important things that we need for our Christian life that, that God used him to put down on pen and paper, that if he had quit, it would have changed the history of the world. And so I know in our lives, if you quit, who's it going to affect What's it, what damage is that going to do if you quit on what God puts you on this earth to do? But if you stick with it someday, just like I'm standing here saying, man, I'm glad Paul didn't quit. Somebody's going to say, oh, thank God Linda never quit. Oh, thank you, God, that she stuck with it. Thank God Rosa Linda made it through all that and didn't quit. We wouldn't be here today if she hadn't brought the gospel and hope to us if she had quit you got to remember what you're fighting for and learn to say no to quitting thomas edison said many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up you are to that breakthrough that you've been believing for and fighting for and if you quit now you'll never know man how close you really were to it Galatians 6, 9, Galatians 6, 9 would be my last verse for today. Galatians 6, 9, and of course, here we go, the Apostle Paul wrote it, Galatians 6, 9, but we've got to realize how close we are to that breakthrough. Galatians 6 and verse 9, and in the NLT it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good, or the King James says, let us not grow weary and well-doing. Why? Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Think about that. If we don't give up. Can we say that together today? If we don't give up. Will the harvest of blessing come if you quit every time things get hard? No. You'll have no idea what God had in store for you. It happens at just the right time if 
we don't give up. And so I'm here to tell you that you may have experienced some delays along the way, but sometimes those delays are a gift from God. Sometimes we, we call them divine delays. And you think, oh man, I missed my train. Now it's all over. Well, sometimes God maybe caused a little delay in your path, a little detour. And here we are. I, I'm, I'm going to quit. I, I don't know what to do because this was my one chance. Well, I heard an incredible story just a little while back about a man named John D. Rockefeller, richest man in really history. And a great American, maybe not everybody agrees with that statement, but I think he was a really great American. And uh, if you look at his success, let me just put it this way. The current richest man in the world is Elon Musk, worth $265 billion. Hey, if he wants to send at least one of those billion to Barstow, I know what to do with it. Amen. But uh, I've got great ideas. But John D. Rockefeller in 2022 money, he'll be worth $416 billion. All right. This guy was insanely rich and he was a Christian. But one thing about Rockefeller, when he was 28 years old, he somehow arranged for what he thought was the biggest meeting of his life. He arranged a business meeting with the most successful man of the time in the world, Vanderbilt. And, and so he was going to get on a train to New York City, and Rockefeller was always punctual. He was absolutely just, a, you know, I mean, uh, he went everything by the book. He was so punctual. Everything that could go wrong that day went wrong. And long story short, he gets there, and the train takes off from New York City. He missed his train. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is it. The biggest opportunity, I will never get this again. I mean, I'm going I'm to quit. I'm going to find something else to do. I missed it. I will never get this again. The man is nearly suicidal. What am I going to do uh, the worst day of my entire life? Well, come to find out, he missed the train all right. But that train, just about an hour or two up the road, it flew off the tracks and down a cliff in Angola, New York, and it was the worst train wreck of the 19th century. And nearly, I mean, just about every single person on the whole train died. And Rockefeller reads the newspaper and like, he falls to his knees. Oh my God. Oh Jesus, Jesus. What, what happened? I missed my train, but it was a good thing that I missed that opportunity. And he got it in his heart that God spared my life for a reason. And he put me on this planet to do something and he got more ferocious (laughs) and uh, and 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 determined than ever god put me here to make money so i can do the right things with it and he worked and worked harder and harder and he made more money than anybody's ever made really in, in history and he did a lot of really good things with that money he was a giver he was a tither and all this stuff but he realized what the train that i missed that i thought was a bad thing, would really turned out to be a good thing. He could have quit right then. I'm telling you, there's things that have happened in your life, and you're like, oh, that was my chance. She was the one. This was the job. No. But in the end, I bet that you'll find out, if you don't quit, there, there was very potentially a big reason and purpose for why you missed that train so you could get on the next one and get to your destiny. Amen? 
And so don't quit just because things aren't going the way you want them to. On your outline here, you have to trust the Lord even when it seems like things aren't going as fast as you'd like. Don't quit. Don't grow weary in well-doing. In due season, you will reap if you faint not. But you have to know, you have to know, you can't quit. The Lord's got really big plans for your life. And that may sound cliche and like, well, I've been hearing that forever. No, no, no. You, you need to know it. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, I know the plans I have for you. Though they're good plans to give you a hope and a future. I've got good plans, but you'll never know. If you let fear control your life and if you quit every time the going gets tough, you can't do that. You've got to learn to say no through the power of the name of Jesus. Can we stand up together today? Praise God. Can we stand up? I trust that we've been listening to, to, to God's word today. And if he's speaking to you, of course, man, of course, you've got to listen. He said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And we've got ears, man. We've got spiritual ears for listening to the Lord. Well, I'm going to ask my prayer team to come on up today. And the biggest thing today is this. If we could leave you with anything at all, it would be this, that there's some things you say no to, and there's some things that you got to say yes to. And the number one thing that we've got to say yes to is to Jesus, right? And and uh, and if you've never said yes to him, or maybe you have, but then you kind of walked away, we know he would never leave you because he said he wouldn't. But let's get real. Sometimes we've kind of left him. He's not here to, to smack you around and, and judge you and get mad. No, no, no. He's here to say, hey, you know what? I forgive you. Let's get this right. It's water under the bridge. Let's move on. But if you're here and you would say that I, I really don't have a relationship with Jesus like I should have, then we can fix that and change that today. Today is the day for you to say yes. And so what I'm going to do is I am going to lead us in a prayer together this morning. And it's very important that if, if this is your salvation moment, if this is your repentance moment where you're getting things where they need to be, it's vitally important that you come up and, and talk to one of us and let us know. We're not going to have you give a speech or no, no, no. But it's very important that you let somebody know that you've made a decision for Jesus. And then we can help you further and, and rejoice with you. But I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes together today. And we're going to give Jesus a moment to work on our lives. And I believe that if we will say this and if we will mean it, we know the scripture tells us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's say this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. He's coming back someday. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I'm sorry. Give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, man. If you prayed that and this was your, I mean, you're coming home, you're coming back to Jesus, this is a big moment. So I encourage you as people come up for prayer today, come up and let one of us know that you made that commitment and that decision to Jesus and we'll rejoice with you and we'll help you along the way. Amen. If you need prayer for anything at all today, now's your chance. Please come forward and we'd love to pray with you. Amen. And nothing comes close to the Lord. Almighty enough.
Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things down today. Amen. Who's been blessed from God's word this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, the Lord's trying to get a hold of us. And uh, and just remember that, yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can say no to the wrong and yes to the right. Amen. Well, be here tonight for church, 6 o'clock. We're going to do it all over again. Amen. And uh, I'm going to be preaching tonight on faith and patience. And I believe that those are two powerful things that you need to get the answers uh, in your life that you've been believing for. So 6 o'clock tonight. And uh, amen. It's a lot of good stuff. All right. Don't forget the Harvest Fest table at the back. The ladies are back there. And uh, amen. So they'll give you all the information you need about all the fundraisers and stuff that we've got going on. If you're with us for the first time or first time in a long time, stop at the info booth so we can bless you. We have a gift for you. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. We will do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we will let you get out of here. Amen. Let's raise our hands together this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen in your word today. And we know that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so we will say no to fear and yes to faith, yes to Jesus. And we will also say no to quitting. The devil is not going to make us quit when we know you've got blessing on the line for us. You've got blessing in store for us. So we say yes to you and no to quitting. Use us this week, Lord, to be a blessing to others, to be the light of the world, to everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you, Jesus. You are good. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tonight.